Hello, welcome to today's episode of the Rocks Life Podcast. I'm Greg and today I'm chatting with the amazing Megan Jacoby. Megan is the fastest ever woman in High Rocks. She holds the Women's Pro World Record with a time of 58.52, which she recently set in Stockholm. She was the first woman to break the 60-minute mark and what's more holds the Women's Doubles World Record and the Mixed Doubles World Record. She's won both of the major elite races so far this season. She's a mum and she's a very inspirational athlete. In this chat, we talk about changes she's made to her training that have helped lead to this season's incredible performances. We talk a lot about her mindset. We talk about her running training and volume, her recovery, her plans for the remainder of the season, and lots more. It was a great chat, and I really hope you enjoy it. Before we get into that, a couple of quick shout-outs. For all the latest Hyrox news and training tips, check out our website, rockslife.com, where you can also find out more about our personalised coaching plans and our 12-week training plans. After checking rockslife.com, you should also check out the brilliant Built for Athletes who make the best fitness backpacks on the market, bar none. They're very high quality, can store so much, and are perfect for taking to the gym, to events, going away traveling, pretty much any situation. I'll certainly be taking my pro bag with me to Manchester this coming weekend, but it's not just bags that they offer either. We've got uh, accessories such as lifting straps, water bottles, wash bags, and lots more, all of the ultra high quality that you'd expect from them. What's more, if you use code ROCKS15, that's R-O-X-15, they will very kindly give you 15% off your order, which you can place at builtforathletes.com. Finally, also a shout out to X Endurance, whose range of supplements are perfect for someone preparing for high rocks. Things like their Career Pure Creatine, their Fuel 5 Carb product, their Lactic Acid Buffer, and their Great Tasting Electrolytes are some of the best of their type on the market and something I, as a nutritionist, am commonly recommending to people if they are training for high rocks. So go check them out at xendurance.eu and if you use code ROCKSLIFE at checkout, they'll give you 20% off your order. Okay, that's everything. It's time. Let's get into the show. Really hope you enjoy this fantastic chat with the amazing Megan Jacoby. All right. Well, I have Megan. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Good to see uh, you again. Yeah, good to see you again. I think it's 15 months since you were last on here. Oh, yeah. A lot a lot yeah. has happened since then. A lot has happened. Uh, so that, yes. was, that was just after you broke the world record initially, which I think was in your second race. Yes. Um, and you've relatively recently broken the world record again in Stockholm at the start of December. Um, I wanted to ask you about that. You like? Did you did you go into that race thinking that you could do it? And uh, was there was there a different approach that you took? Like I talked to Hunter on on this podcast about how like he sort of ran faster than maybe he thinks he should do in a high rocks, and it it paid off for him at that race. Did you did you take an approach like that in that one? Um, I think my approach this year has been that I'm not allowing anyone else to dictate how I perform. Mm -hmm. And so that has been something where I've seen myself now um, taking a lead or so far having taken a lead early um, and then obviously maintaining that. And that is something that, you know, I've been practicing, you know, in my race prep and everything where I'm, I'm going out harder and faster and, um, I'm taking the whole race a step at a time and I'm not thinking too far ahead. Um, and that has just having a different mindset shift has really helped me approach the race differently. But yeah, I mean, at this point, I think 
and, and I've learned so much from Hunter. He's been a great guide and mentor for me, just kind of being a, a, a female kind of in a similar position to him in a sense, obviously I'm not a world champion, but, um, every race is an opportunity to see how the training has paid off. And so my goal is to be faster every time. So yeah, every time I go into a race, like my goal is to break my fastest time, which of course happens to be the record. So I, I had a really strong feeling in Stockholm that I was going to do it. Um, and I think I had seen you before and I was like, I'm breaking my record tomorrow (laughs) or, or whatever. And you know what, knock on wood, every time I have said that and I've spoken that I've done it. So, um, it's just, a, and it just comes from the confidence of training, you know, like I, it's, it's not cause I just think I'm so great. It's, it's, I've been putting the work in and I'm seeing all the growth and knowing what I've done in training. It's like, it only makes sense for that to happen because yeah. I'm getting faster because I'm getting stronger. So. So yeah. But once you've been doing this for a while, I guess, I guess like you're repeating training sessions. And so you know how you performed doing that that similar session, whatever, six weeks ago or 12 weeks ago. So you, exactly. you do get an idea. Yeah. 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 And uh, just how you feel. Like even if you don't do it faster per se, if I feel better in it, like if I did the same workout three weeks ago and I did it today, even if my time was the same, but I felt immensely better it's like we clearly know we're moving in an upward trajectory so that's that's a good yeah. thing yeah is it uh, uh, when we talked in in Stockholm uh, a little bit I think you sort of alluded to maybe you were doing a little bit less work like I still think my perception is you're a higher volume athlete high oh, volume yeah. trainer but I, I have you scaled it back a little bit uh, do you feel like you're benefiting from that yeah so I think last year I had gotten a little caught up in feeling like I you know I have a great group around me who is into high rocks and hybrid and I think I was feeling like I had to work out with them to help support them and so I was doing a lot of extra work that I didn't need to be doing and um you know when you start getting smarter and you realize how those doing a little too much impacts the next thing and how that impacts the next thing. It's now for me, it's training smarter. I mean, my volume is obviously still very high, but I've kind of learned for myself, like I don't have to do as much very, very specific high rocks workouts to perform at a really, really high level in this. And I was doing so much of that last season. Um, And I think also the mental side of it, um, so yeah, this is kind of like just cautioning anybody. Cause it's, it's one of those things where you do a high rocks and it's like, it's so exciting and and the training feels amazing, but it's very repetitive. And I would find later into the season last year, it was a little daunting sometimes approaching some of those workouts. I was like, Oh my God, here we go. Like, here's another high rocks. sim. it's like, how many have I done of these, you know? Um, so this year I've kind of changed that a little bit and it's definitely paying off, not just physically, but for the mental side of the sport where we're competing at a really high level from, you know, for nine, 10 months of the year. Um, that's a long time to try to be in peak condition. So just the way I've mapped out my training has changed a lot and and I've learned. So, yeah. I think it's that, like you touched on the repetitiveness. There's there's that willingness to go 
to that level of intensity you can probably only do that so many times as well kind of this this that, exactly. that from that mental side of things um i was i was going to ask you about like the the season and the season's long um like ultimately i presume your your ultimate goal is to win the world championships in june and and here you are in december november right. well, january now but you've you're in very good condition how are you thinking about like maintaining that between now and then is it uh, like, are you gonna scale back on the intensity in the next few months or anything like that? Have you, have you thought about that? Yeah. So I think one of the biggest things I've learned about myself, um, I think I'm an athlete that's a little bit similar to Hunter in this way, where he seems to do these real big strength blocks when he's not, you know, two months out from a race. Um, that is part of I think why the reason I came in so strong initially was my strength was so, so high. And then throughout the season, it was just maintaining that, but, and then continuing to build back my running. Um, and I've obviously had a ton and ton of experience running at a very high level as well. So for me, I know, you know, in these few months, I've done a lot of um, high intense running. Um, and after DC, I'll be ready to put a, a pretty big strength block back in again, where I'm, I'm getting that back up a little bit and then we'll kind of shift again to more running side of things as we get a little bit closer. Cause we have three whole months, yeah. um, or more, or more from, yeah, three months basically from DC to the world championship. So that's, that's my plan and how I will be approaching it. I'm sure a lot of athletes similar will be doing very similar things. Um, but that has always been, I think, having the the high element of strength with the the high ability to run has been the reason I was able to come in from the get go and have so much success. So it's very important to keep keep both things in the arsenal. Okay, okay. On the on the running side of things, like you mentioned, you come from a, a very high level running background anyway. But it feels, or it looks like, you've made still still been able to make improvements in that side of things this this season so far and maybe it's like the scaling back like we just talked about but is there anything specific in the running training that that you feel you've done this year is it is it more speed work more threshold work more zone two that that's led to these improvements do you think um so one thing i've done this year is i've slowed my zone two runs down significantly um so that's a very interesting thing because when I, you know, coming from a running background, um, I was always doing my zone two days at like seven thirty mile average, um, which is pretty fast. So I've learned that with the intensity of this type of training and because it's, you're hitting so many different elements, um, pulling back my zone two pace has, has made a huge, huge difference for me just for recovery. Um, so that was one thing. Are, are you then, sa- sorry? Are you saying that like you weren't necessarily in zone two, or you were in zone two, but you're at the lower end of that? I would say that my breathing was probably in zone two, but I was probably still moving too fast, like muscular wise. So like my legs weren't getting as as recovered. Like I could, I could very easily go run that pace for an easy day and feel fine. It's just the next workout or like am I truly recovering is the question. Um, so I, one of the ways I kind of made myself do that was I actually started doing some nasal breathing during my zone two days because 
that really forces you to slow down whether you like it or not. So, um, so that has helped a bit. Um, and then, yeah, just a ton of threshold work, um, a lot less compromise running than I was doing last year and more threshold work. And that seems to, to be helping a lot. I actually, um, just yesterday, this is a really cool feeling. I did a staple workout that I have done. I can't tell you how many times over my years of running, but specifically when I was doing half marathon training and we actually just talked about how the elite runners are, are running their half or full marathon pace in a high rocks. We just talked about that on the RMR podcast. So this kind of goes with that, but I'm hitting the same splits I was hitting back then or slightly faster. And that was when I had run my fastest half marathon and my um, fastest 5k. So to be able to be in that type of running shape, still have the strength piece. I'm easily 10 pounds heavier than I was at that time. I was strictly running at that time. It just feels like I'm in this really, really strong place of overall fitness. Um, and it's cool to be able to get there with all of this other training that I'm doing. So that's, that's, these are just all like really cool aspects of hybrid that like I geek out on, like how, cause it is hard to maintain your strength and your speed and your erg ability and your, you know, your high heart rate stuff like wall balls and burpees and things. It's hard to do all of it at a high level all the time. So it's cool to see it kind of all coming together. Excellent. What What is that yeah. workout out of interest? So it's three by two miles with 400 meters jogging recovery. Um, and then I, I did one, a one by mile all out after the three by two and then four by four hundreds at mile pace. So it was eight miles of volume. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> that gives anyone listening an, an indication of the level of running volume that some of us at this level are doing. It is very high, yeah. but I think when you think of the race, so if I'm running half marathon pace in a race, I would say that the feeling of the race is very similar to the feeling of that distance of a running race. You kind of have to train somewhat similarly. I think if you mm -hmm. want to really get to that, to that max uh, level. What is the, what sort of mileage are you doing in a week now? So I'm around 60. Sometimes I dip over 60 miles, but usually not over 65. So really, and and there are weeks where it's a little bit less. So sometimes it's like last week I was at 55. This week I'm already at 28 miles on Wednesday. So I'll definitely be at 60 miles this week. So. And you, you, you just said uh, like, You've done that workout and it was a better time than when you've done your best 5k and your best half marathon what, yeah. what are those what are those bests so my best half is an hour 20 minutes and my best 5k was 16 42 and yeah. this was this was 2019 so um you know it's it's cool to to see my running coming back around to kind of to those times so I got to hop in a 5k somewhere. Cause I feel like, <laughs> I feel like I could maybe challenge that at some point. Yeah, Time to test. Yeah. 
the conditions uh, locally are not great for a road race right now though so <laughs> um you've had a bit of a life change recently so you're you're no longer working an office job was it an office job yeah yeah yes. has that been nice has the, oh the my new God. work been nice <laughs> I would say that a lot of my um, performances this year are, I think that's a huge factor for me, just stress, um, lifestyle change, being able to train um, at more ideal times of day, um, more recovery, you know, better sleep, just everything. Um, it's been a huge impact um, just on, on my training ability. So that's been a huge relief because last year working full-time coaching, um, when I first started high rocks, I was working full-time and I was still coaching running. I was a varsity high school running coach. And then my daughter, it's like, I don't know how I was doing it. So yeah, it's been a, a really great chance for me to really pursue this at the highest level that I can possibly do it at. So yeah. You are, you are, I mean, we should say you are working, right? You're doing oh, yes. PT. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So I, I'm a personal trainer, but I'm also coaching online and it just gives me so it's just so much more flexible. So it's been, uh, it's been a really nice change. Good. Um, are you, uh, are you, I know you like, obviously you're in Stockholm on the day of the DECA world championships. Are you solely focused on high rocks now? Do you think that's. Important? Oh yeah. 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 Um, I think DECA. I think DECA is a cool race. Um, I, if you're a person who's getting into this uh, sport, there is so much more going on in the high rocks world. There are so many more players coming to the table. It is growing at a rapid rate. If you want to be seen, high rocks is, your, is the thing. DECA is not getting you anywhere, in my personal opinion. It is a cool event, um, but... It's it's not nearly at the level that Hyrox is, and I don't ever think it will be. If I'm being honest, so sorry to anyone who's feels the opposite. I guess, <laughs> but I think that's the reality of it. So, I was I was going to ask you that. Are you like feeling excited about where the sport is heading, both just oh, in yeah. terms of popularity, but also the businesses coming in? Presumably, yeah. you're you're seeing some of that at the top of the sport. Yeah, it's. I think it's such a cool as someone who is still not, you know, a, a, I'm a veteran in comparison to last year, but as someone who's still fairly new, um, it's very cool just in this one year to see the changes that are already happening. I mean, there's a, so many more countries getting involved, so many more races they're selling out left and right. I mean, even in the States, the, the races are almost sold out and that's again, awesome to see it, it continuing to grow. And hopefully people like myself and Lauren and Hunter and Kent, and uh, hopefully we're helping that happen. I think that's all of our goals in some way, but um, knowing some of the businesses that are coming in as global sponsors, uh, it's very, very exciting. And I would say like, it feels like, the way CrossFit started to grow, um, you know, maybe six, seven years ago, it, it's, it feels like that's kind of where it's heading. So I, it's very cool to be, to be a part of that. So, yeah. 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 Um, we talked about your Stockholm race, the world, the, the, the world record. Um, but since we spoke 15 months ago, you've 
you've not only broke the world record, you were the first woman to go under 60 minutes. You were second at the world championships. You got the women's doubles world record and the mixed doubles world record. Um, do any of those stand out as like the best? What's your best experience in, in high rock so far? Well, I mean, there's, there's two, I, the, the going under 60 minutes, I think is probably one of the highlights of my, will be one of the highlights of my career forever. Um, and not even just because I was the first to do it, but I think because of what it is now done for the women's field, I think having done that last year, I, I'm not saying I'm part, I'm the reason, but I think it's part of the reason we are seeing, seeing the women's field continue to just get faster and faster and faster. It's, and it's once one person does it, it, it opens that up in everyone's minds that, oh my God, I can do this too, or I can get that too. And, and I think that that's seeing the snowball effect. I think that's very cool. Um, and just maybe hopefully being a pioneer in the sport. I think that that's uh, one of the things that I'm most proud of. Um, world championships. It was a tough day. It's still hard to even like think about. I think anyone, if you, if you go in and you're hoping to win and you come short by very little, I think you'd understand how, how hard that is. But at the same time, my first season, I come in second at the world championships and I did a 60 minute race. It was my second best time that I'd ever done. One of the coolest experiences of my life with just how many people were there cheering. And I mean, 4,000 people. And I've never, I've never really experienced that in a, a sporting event. So having that experience was unbelievable. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and I think it opened my own eyes to the possibilities And this year you know, I have goal, even, even bigger goals. And if I hadn't done that, then, you know, they might not be what they are now. So. Yeah. Yeah. One of the questions I, I'm asking people on here is like, um, like, do you have any favorite failures, anything that like felt like a disaster in the time that, that has panned out to be a good thing? Um, it would be, be wrong to call second at the world championships a failure. I'll, I'll say that. Up yeah. front, but, uh, do you, do, does anything spring to mind there for you or is it yeah. potentially that, is it potentially that second? Is that like spurred you on even more for, for this season? Totally. And it's not even just the coming in second. It was more that I didn't feel my best that day. And I think that's one thing that's hard to swallow is when you know, you gave it everything you had and everything was a hundred percent, and you just got beat. I think you can own that and you can live with that. Um, I was cramping on the row, like just physically things were not going right. Things I had never experienced in a race before. So then you go back and I think that's in your mind. You're like, okay, what did I do wrong? You have all these questions for yourself. And I think that's, I think that was the bigger th thing for me was like, it felt terrible, you know, the almost the whole race. And that was not something I had experienced really in a race before. I've messed races up, which everyone last year knew. At one point during the season, I was only 50% on actually getting the race right. So that's something I can now chuckle about. Um, but at the time, I was like, even that, every time I'd go into a race, I was so nervous about screwing up the laps or just having these little things in the back of your mind. And this year it's a whole different thing, but I think that feeling at worlds definitely 
really has inspired my training. Um, and, and knowing that I have to anticipate at any moment, this not feeling right and just figure it out. You know what I mean? So, and you can't let your emotions get in the way, you know, and that's hard to do because we're all human beings. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. trying to, uh, trying to move on, you know, if something's not going well, letting it go and moving on from it in the middle of a race is very hard to do. So, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I mentioned like your, your other achievements, your other world records, like the women's doubles world record, mixed doubles world record. Like I've got to say, I, I think that I, I obviously put the world records on the website. Uh, so I'm like familiar with all of them, but I've got to say that, yeah. mix, that mixed doubles world record in, in particular is it's a crazy time, like 50, 51, 16. It's, it's hard to see that so, getting beaten. And we, and we think we can go 50. Like we think the, the course was so crowded with people yeah. that we're like, all right, I think we could do 50 minutes. And especially like right now, you know, that was kind of at the beginning of the season. I think the, we hadn't done as much high end running at that point. And that is, if you're doing a mixed doubles, you need to just do all VO2 running because that's literally what it is. There is such little recovery on the stations because you're splitting them. And if you're doing mixed doubles and you have a strong guy, it's even faster. I remember on the farmers, I was like, well, what the fuck? Slow down. <laughs> like I'm trying to catch my breath. We're still, we were run. I was running the whole farmers carry. Um, so I think like now having done more, you know, VO2 effort stuff, more threshold training. Um, I think we could even go faster than that, but that's definitely a highlight because Kent's one of my closest friends and business partners. So it was a really fun, um, fun race for us. Yeah. So did it, did it, yeah, that's a whole different feeling. It hurt like hell. Yes. (laughs) I think on the fifth run, I was like, I can't keep this going. (laughs) I was like, we got to slow down. I had to pull it. He was so excited that I knew it was going to be real bad because you know, when you're like, I knew he was going to fly out of the tunnel, like a rocket. And I was like, Oh God, I knew I was going to be the one suffering more. So, um, (laughs) so I had to be like, I'm not, we're going to, we got to slow it up a little, or I'm not going to make it to the end of this. So, (laughs) so yeah, it was really fun. I think it's good uh, sometimes to hear people like you, like at at your levels say how much it hurts. It's it's, it's easy for us to watch from afar and be like, it's easy for them. Like they're they're fit. They've trained all their lives and and they find it easy, but you're suffering. uh, Oh, absolutely. Early on, aren't you? And I I vaguely remember um, Rich saying, I think it might have been after you broke the initial world record. You you told him like you were hurting from like skier onwards. Uh, uh, you yeah. know, if, if if you want to break the world record, you've got to you've got to push yourself more than anyone's done it, right? It's yeah. yeah. It's not gonna. It's never gonna feel comfortable. If it's feeling comfortable, you're probably not doing it right. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, do you, on that on that topic, right, where your mind goes in a race we spoke before and you said how like one of your, one of the things you think about is to just keep, just keep moving. Like don't stop, let's try and move to the extent you can. Like, is that something you still use 15 months on? And is there, is there anything else like you using during higher ups? Yeah. Um, it seems like my best times have always come when my running, my running splits are almost identical. And I would say that 
you know, within a, a very couple seconds of each other, every single, every single run. And one thing that I do is when I'm coming out of a station, obviously I'm running through the rock zone or through the grid to get to the out. One thing I'm doing though, is I'm allowing myself just a tiny little moment of recovery there. And the second I go out the out, I'm right back in pace. And I have trained my brain to think that way. And I was, would say that that has significantly helped me. I think it's hard to do because you come off a station, especially depending on what it is, um, you know, your body naturally wants to recover mm. and your, your body is telling you like, Hey, slow down. I need to, I need to recover. And so to be able to trick your brain into getting right back into pace and right back into race mode, um, on the run, I think that has really significantly helped me. And the other thing too, is, um, you're not going to win if your running isn't good. And that's just something that I learned from worlds, especially my running was not good that day. And I, and I lost, you can't win on the stations. You, you just can't win the race just on the stations. So the stations for me are about doing them efficiently, effectively, but smart. It's not about killing it on any of them. Um, that is also that mindset ironically has yielded some of the, my best stations. And I tend to be in the top two anyway. Um, but just mentally being like keeping myself in check on them has allowed my, my, you know, the next run to be better and the running to be stronger. And then that I think is what's yielding the faster times for me. So just really changing how I think of the race has, has made a huge benefit to me this year. When I did my first high rocks and anyone who watched even my second in Chicago, I never broke on the sled push. I did them all unbroken like a dummy, you know, and, and then, <laughs> and then you, you learn, you know, cause then that next run is a suffer fest. Yeah, yeah. So you, it, it's all about figuring out how to be smart and efficient um, so that's something that's different this year. You will see me break on every single one now. So yeah. 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 Been there, done that. <laughs> yeah. Every so if you haven't done one, here's your advice. Take it from me. Don't yeah. do them unbroken. <laughs> um if we uh if we talk about like your your childhood or growing up, feels like you're quite a competitive person. Does oh, that yeah. do you do you feel does that come from your parents? Is there yes. Yeah. Hundred percent. When I, it's funny because when I watch my daughter play sports, <laughs> sometimes she has that real competitive edge, and then other times she's doing cartwheels. And my parents, they tell me like, "You were never doing that." Like I was, even from five, six years old. If it was some type of competition, like I was always in. I was in it. I wanted to win. Everything was a race, and and that was just. I don't even know if it's something they did or if it was just kind of an intrinsic thing. My brother's very similar and he's a professional athlete too. So obviously like something was going on in our childhood that had, uh, you know, led us here. Um, and my parents didn't let us, you know, they didn't let us quit. They didn't let us make excuses. And the mindset was always, if you don't like the outcome, work harder. You know, it's, it's not anyone's fault, like own it and do the extra work. And, and we were taught really early on in, even in high school sports, showing up to practice isn't enough. You know, that's not enough. If you want to be great at something, 
you got to get in the weight room. You got to do the stretching. You got to make sure you're eating. Like we were taught that early. Um, I was weight training when I was 15 and this was long before there were school weight rooms and coach strength coaches. I mean, the high schools now around here have a full-time strength and conditioning coach in them for the athletes. That's a full-time salary position. That is not what I was going to like a gym on my own and teaching myself how to do things. Um, but that was just kind of the mentality that was instilled in us. And, um, and it's, you know, I thought it was real tough at the time. And I remember like thinking, you know, my dad was a little too hard on me, but now I'm very, very thankful for that because I'm seeing it on the other end too. And I'm like, okay, anytime I didn't maybe give it a hundred percent, he would be frustrated with me and I get it now. Like it's hard watching your kid not give their best effort, you know, and that's all they cared about wasn't winning. It was like, but if I wasn't giving my best effort, they were like, what are you doing out there? You know what I mean? So, and, and, and now I'm very thankful for that. Um, and the, the push in that, and it was never like an overwhelming push to do things, but it was when you make a commitment, you stick through, you stick it through, you give it 110%, you do all the little things. You're a part of a team, your team's counting on you, you know, all those things. There were no outs. So that's how I'm trying to raise my daughter now too, because it's, completely shaped my life and and really who I am so Uh, that was going to be my next question funnily enough like is it is there any advice that that from a sporting perspective that you would want to give your daughter or or, or do try to give your daughter is is it is it that side of things yeah mindset I think mindset is everything I think the way you view things um it's it's very much going to shape how you perform Um, so even those little things, like I was talking about, like, like allowing your emotions to get too involved in sports, like that's just not how it's, it's not going to go well if you do that, because emotionally in the race, I'm like, this fucking sucks half the time. Right. (laughs) If I just, if I allowed that thought process to take over, I wouldn't be what I'm, you know, doing what I'm doing. Um, so just being, just being strong-willed and, and giving it your all and, and not, not, I think the biggest thing this year is for me is like not being afraid to take chances and, and mm-hmm. to put it all out there. If, if you enjoy doing something, go all in on it because it's amazing what can come out of that. Um, Hyrox has completely changed my life. Complete 180 from last year. I'm in a completely different place doing different things. And I think if I was afraid to take the chance, um, you know, I wouldn't be here. So it's pretty cool, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah um go, going back to training uh is there anything you've changed like we, we sort of touched on the running training but is there anything you've changed your mind on maybe since let's say since we spoke like in the last 15 months with regard to training is it doing a little bit less the, the, the less intense stuff is that is that the main change you think you've made um I would say my intensity is high, but I'm, again, I think it's more just like I'm approaching recovery differently. Um, you know, not every day has to be three sessions and I have days where it's three sessions, but then the next day, maybe it's an easy run and just a normal lift. It's not, you know, where I'm giving my, I'm not spiking the heart rate. I'm not, you know, overstimulating the muscles. It's so things that I'm doing are, are different. Um, and again, like I, I do, 
Hyrocks specific work, but I'm, I am doing less overall than I was probably doing a year ago. And I think that that kind of happens too, when you start to get to this, this level or you're, you know, we're, we're always right under that, that line of like, what's too much. And part of it is just learning what I need to be doing and what I've just, I've just got no matter what. Um, and I train a lot of way in a lot of ways, what I do in training, it's translatable. It's very translatable. It's all translatable, but it's not always so specific all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, there are times when you need to be doing that when you're gearing up for a race, you know, eight weeks, 10 weeks out, very high rock specific, but before that, maybe it's heavier stuff in the weight room, heavier weights, heavy, you know, not just high rock simulation workouts over and over and over again. I think that that has really benefited me. Um, and I got more into CrossFit in the last year. I started doing, I, I like looked around me at a race and I was like, every girl here is, does CrossFit. I should maybe try CrossFit. Like maybe there's something to this. And I think that keeping that high end engine, doing those short, last, you know, those 15 minute workouts where it's crazy high, high intensity, but it's over quickly keeping that engine as well as your, your real high, like grindy engine, that blend has been really, really beneficial for me. Mm -hmm. Um, okay. yeah, I think last year I, I love grindy. I love grunt work. I love doing stuff that takes an hour, 90 minutes. I love that. But then I found that in the races, I was always that at that level, at that pace. So doing a little more high intensity, shorter workouts, it allows me to get to a different place. And I think it, it feels terrible, but I think the blend is, has been very beneficial for me this year. Uh, two sort of follow on questions like is about the recovery side of things. So I do you do anything specific for, for recovery other than just making sure like you are having some easier sessions in there. And then also how do you ride that line between like doing work, doing enough work, doing a lot of work and then also like not doing too much and not overtraining. Yeah. Uh, like it's, 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 it's even like something I battle with myself like yeah. at, at my level. It's just like, should I go and do, I've got a ski erg and a bike erg in the garage. Like, should I go and do it another session or will that take away from tomorrow's session? It's like a question I'm constantly yeah. asking. Do you, do you, do you think about that? Do you have any thoughts on it? Yeah, I think it's something that every athlete is just going to continue to toy with. I don't know that there's like a specific answer to it. It's, mm -hmm. I think for me, it's just changing the intensity and the stimulus, um, finding the stimulus that I'm like, okay, this, that felt really hard, but I, it was manageable, you know, like it, it's a, it's a constant and it's, especially as you improve it's a constant battle of figuring that out. Um, yeah. I don't know that there's like one answer, um, no. to that. And I think it's so dependent on the person and what they can handle. Um, but recovery, and this is a question I get asked all the time. I think everybody wants like some special answer. Like, do you do cold plunges? Do you sauna? Do you red light therapy? And I do none of those things. Um, I take creatine every day. That's what's in this bottle, creatine and uh, essential amino acids. Every single day, I sleep and I eat. I, I hydrate, I sleep, I eat. 
I take my creatine because that obviously helps with muscle retention, but also with recovery, muscle recovery. I swear by it. Um, I'm very diligent about that. But other than that, it's I'm getting eight hours every night. I prioritize my sleep. I'm being really smart about the way I'm training. If I have a really hard session, really long running session the next day, I'm taking it easy. I'm not over, you know, I'm, I'm very programmed with the way I have my structure of workouts. Um, and I eat. And if you're not doing those things, if you're not eating enough and if you're not sleeping enough, you're screwed. You just totally ruined everything you just did. So honestly, it's, it's an, it's not, it's not overcomplicated, you know? And I think, I think we tend as a society to want the easier answer. Like, oh, if I just buy this cold plunge, I'll recover so much more. It's like, that's just not, those things can be great and I'm not knocking them, but it's, they're not necessary in my opinion. So keep it simple. Sleeping calories are very underrated. (laughs) Very underrated. The most underrated things, I think. And I would, I'm sure people would be surprised how much I am eating, you know, how many calories, like there are obviously days it changes. Some days I'm just really not that hungry. I'm not going to force feed myself, but there are days where I'm eating 4,000 calories in a day, you know, because I have to, I don't, you know, so it's, it's just that, it's just that simple. Eat, sleep, drink, water, not alcohol. <laughs> um, all right, thank you. This is this has been brilliant. What's the uh, what's the plan for the rest of the season? Is it we'll, we'll see you at the majors and then the world? Yeah, is that it or I'm thinking about coming over for the Cologne event. Okay, um, because that just looks so cool. And last year I had FOMO not being there; it just looked amazing. So the the FIBO Fitness Festival looked awesome. So I'm considering that maybe London. Um, I'm having FOMO already that I'm not coming to Manchester this weekend because again, these UK events are so massive. I'm like, I got to get over there. Like I, it just looks like a heck of a lot of fun. So, um, next level. Yeah. Yeah. It's so cool seeing the, um, just the love for the sport that, that the UK has. So shout out to all you guys. Um, but yeah, pretty much just the majors maybe one or two of those other events just for fun it would be like a doubles or something like that at one of those um solo races are just just majors and worlds for me this year i was going to ask like any any doubles any doubles appearances or now now we've got like the pro weight doubles yeah well i think miss lauren weeks and i have to uh take on that women's (laughs) pro doubles the record I keep seeing it's broken. So I would love for us to show up and make it, you know, a really yeah. fun race. Yeah. Um, yeah. So who knows? Well, we've talked about it. It's more just trying to find the right timing and, and coordinating. We live on opposite ends of the country. So, okay. so we'll see, but I think eventually you'll see us team up for that. Okay. Nice. Nice. Yeah. One one record you won't take. You I asked you uh, asked all the elites for an interesting fact about themselves, and you said you could beat anyone at an ice cream eating competition. Oh yeah, but I, oh, yeah. You, you wouldn't beat me. You wouldn't beat me. I, I, I Are you to, serious? <laughs> I might have to take you on in Vienna or Washington. Okay, we can do that. You know who else would challenge us is uh, Dylan Scott. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, he can for he can put food away. It's pretty okay. crazy. Okay. So, but I'm still, I'm still betting on me. 
we'll we'll double that four thousand calorie intake there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, all right. Well, thank you for this. It's it's been yeah. great. Good luck for the rest of the season and everything Sounds you're doing. Sounds good. Uh, and Hope to see you in Vienna. Yes, I will do. Awesome. All right, take care. All right, Talk thanks. Soon. Hey guys, hope you enjoyed that. If you did, positive reviews on iTunes and Spotify are very much appreciated. Please make sure you're subscribed, share the episode with your friends, and I'll be back with another brilliant episode this time next week. Talk soon.